0: This is Betsy Beers again. I'm the executive producer of Scandal, and this is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast for the fine television programming, Scandal, which is, of course, on Thursday nights at 10 o'clock on ABC. And here today is one of my favorite people in the absolute total world who I idolize her outfits and her talent (laughs) and desperately wish if I could come back in another life, it would probably be as this character that she plays. Um, The lovely, talented Darby Stanchfield. Hello.
1: Hello. That just made my day. Right? What you just said.
0: You know that I covet everything that you are.
1: I am now going to play this podcast over and over (laughs) and over just to hear that when I'm having a bad day.
0: I told you that, like, (laughs) Press at one point asked me, if there's any character you could dress like, who would have been? I was like, oh, done. (laughs) Abby, hello. Have you seen her leather jacket? Yes, but last year, you know, I think I was asked in a podcast if
1: there was anybody that You know, I sort of modeled after Uh Abby after, and I said no one. But really, when I think about it, there is a little Betsy (laughs) Beers thrown in there.
0: There There is some inspiration. I think that there's a certain snarky edge (laughs) that possibly might have.
1: I mean, come on, you must feel like the common. You know,
0: I think there's definitely a common thing, and I, I think then there's a weird reciprocity because I totally identify with the character. By the way, apparently there's a very large traffic accident going on outside, or something. Or a fire. Or fire (laughs) or a massive thing, which isn't in this office, so it's totally fine. Um, But I think there is a reciprocity there because I love the character so much. And then every once in a while you'll say, well, there is a tiny bit of you and your amazing snarky sarcasm that that has actually figured out a way to surface. It's
1: a combo pack. Every once in a while there's a little bit of me, a little bit of you, a little bit of Shonda. A little
0: bit of (laughs) Shonda. Just pulling something. Maybe a little bit of Josh Molina. No, no, not a little bit of Josh Molina. I don't think so at all. Um, Okay, so just so we cover the basics, um, today Darby's wearing a beautiful black sort of crinkly um, scoop top. Um, It's got this really lovely sort of like cottony quality. And she's got a great skirt on, which is black and white, and matches her crinkly cool top. And she's wearing some freaking awesome <laughs> sandals, ladies and gentlemen. She just lifted her perfectly manicured foot. And I am seeing what looks to be a gorgeous little snake pattern on her tootsies. Because of course, here in Los Angeles, it's 888 billion degrees out, even though It's like October.
1: It's October. We're having our Indian summer.
0: We are having our Indian summer. In Southern California. Absolutely. Which is why I am wearing one of my classic moo's with um, (laughs) a bucket for sand and also a big sun hat just in case I get off work early and I can go to the beach and I can make some sand castles.
1: Will you take me with you? I absolutely will. That's amazing. Because
0: I actually think you look like you could be going on the beach and getting an ice cream cone and we could get the water. It would be really fun. As
1: long as there's an umbrella because I I burn very easily. I
0: think umbrellas are really important and we'll stay away. (laughs) from that area in Venice with all the bad mimes and the clowns and stuff, because that always freaks me out, I think, basically. But enough of my odd rambling. (laughs) We're here to talk about episode 303, which is appropriately called Mrs. Smith Goes to Washington. What about that Cynthia Stevenson, though, right? I mean, that crazy, wonderful performance of that incredibly tragic woman. Yeah,
1: I just saw the episode last night, and Cynthia Stevenson just blew my mind. I thought... I mean, I want to watch it again just to watch her performance. She walks such a beautiful line of, you know, the mother who's lost her son and the grief that it brings a mom and, and crossing over into the crazy land, which, you know, there was a lot of crazy land on Scandal, but th- sort of that line of mm-hmm. she's gone. I mean, clearly she has issues. She's got a bomb strapped to her. there's, there's
0: the thing. There's the so thing. So good.
1: On. So, and the moment where. My favorite moment of hers was when Olivia is done talking to the president and she knows the truth about the son and then she hangs up the phone and she turns to Mary and says, Mary, I'm so sorry. And then Mary crumples like, like an animal. And it's just, I started blubbering.
0: Oh, it's just the most I started amazing blubbering. thing ever? Yes. It, also what I think is incredible about her is that she, she really exudes this like perky girl next door <laughs> normalcy. Yes. So it's the weirdest moment when you see this. It's so incongruous because you look yes. at her and you go, How is this bomb strapped to you? Because you're all perking. You should be baking muffins.
1: Yeah, and her voice. Her voice is like
0: so chipper. Yes. Even when she's talking about how she made the bomb in this Mm -hmm. slightly Mm -hmm. depressed way. It's an
1: amazing combo. It is really, really an amazing
0: combo. And then, so meanwhile, all of this drama is going on, Mm -hmm. you know, in this government building. And you guys are scrambling for details in in OPA just to save the life of Olivia. Sure. So you made sort of a weird attempt for a slight deal with David that didn't end up going so well in on this one.
1: <laughs> no, but in the end, you know, he does He does come through and help out, so uh, you know, I think a- there's some hope for Abby. I think you know, there's the fact definitely that hope. He, I mean, he also he, you know, the thing that I think Abby likes about David, that she's always liked about him, is he really, he has a conscience, and he's always wearing the white hat on some level, and you know, that's a white hat move.
0: And I think every single time he sort of stomps in and he has the righteousness of the good guy on mm-hmm. his side—it's so entertaining to watch, and you can see sort of with Abby like the appeal of that because having lived in the gray for so long yeah. and sure. given the ex-husband and the sure crap was you've seen, guy, I mean, was, yeah. yeah,
1: I'm tickled by how you know Abby hasn't been returning his calls and they haven't really there hasn't been much of a reunion, and of course it's this situation that brings them into you know a full conversation, and they have to kind of. Put their issues aside. Not that they put them aside. Abby's, you know, come on, do it for me, kind of thing. But you know, for the way for them to hash out the relationship is all through, you know, saving Olivia's life. So
0: exactly, I like how
1: complicated that is. It can never just be straightforward <laughs> relationship talk. There's got to be a life at stake.
0: Well, I think what's really <laughs> great about the show, and also I think what actually is always encapsulated in your relationship with David is, is that idea that there's no such thing as work and private. Like everything is just a big old cluster poo. Of, you know, <laughs> just poo. just a cluster poo. It just is because David and
1: Abby are a cluster poo.
0: It's total cluster poo., but everybody's all weird connected. Mm-hmm. And I think certainly with all of our shows, traditionally, Shonda, and I think I also feel like, because we don't, we never leave our offices. <laughs> we never have. We never go home or do anything that involves any kind of oxygen. normalcy. Exactly, air <laughs> gets kind of stale in here. But I think one of the things which we do find really interesting is the idea of this workplace family, and how all these weird lines get crossed. But creating like with a gave, cluster poo, creating a total <laughs> massive, colossal cluster poo. <laughs> I think, of epic proportions. Mm. And I think your relationship with David, when you look at it, which sort of started on a fishing expedition professionally to get what Absolutely. you needed and then...
1: Working for Olivia.
0: Working for Olivia and then ending up in the sack and then still stealing the Citron card. Right. Remember you guys? You remember the Citron card. Citron card was awesome. And by the way, you have one of the best on-camera poker faces I've ever <laughs> oh. seen. I can't even tell now when you're lying as a character.
1: Ooh, I like that. And I've
0: read the script.
1: I like that. And I
0: forget. I look at you and I think, Is I she... would trust you with my puppy.
1: I'm glad because I am I'm a puppy lover. You are a so, puppy lover. You know, I'm always looking are, for a new puppy to take. You date. are, <laughs> you are.
0: And I think the fact that Abby was a stray herself, I do think yeah. that she looks out in a strange way for that person who never gets looked at for, which is...
1: Oh, for sure. She can't ever do anything healthy and normal. And <laughs> she's so broken and... It's interesting. But broken but feisty and strong. Feisty and strong.
0: And I think what's great is broken about herself, but mm-hmm. so protective.
1: Yes, but there's something that's changed this season. And I've been asked about it a little bit, and although we're only into what episode? Three. If we're filming eight. Yeah, we're, we've aired three, but we're filming eight, and I can even say this, through eight, that... You know, last season, during the infamous episode of 752, when when uh, all of the gladiators are trying to talk to Huck and snap him out of his thing, yeah. Abby says something really key. She says, you know, basically it really sucks that, you know, I don't get to be with David and that whole thing went south because Olivia, you know, it all got messed up. But Abby was right about her gut. She was right, she was right, she was right about the fact that David loved her. So I think that's the first time that Abby has experienced that maybe ever. The fact that she had a moment of feeling right, that he really did love her. Right. So I think that ties into, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions on yeah how Abby, why she looks different, or what, wh- there's such a difference in Abby's appearance. I know, I know,
0: there's a huge interest in that.
1: Yeah, and so part of it has to do with Abby, although still very messed up and still very unsure in her personal life, she has one feather in her cap, and that is that they did fall in love, and she was right about that. So even though it's still all messed up and they'll never really totally be normal, and Abby doesn't really know what normal is, there was just like a moment of like her gut being right.
0: Well, and what's interesting about that, which I think speaks to your, the different look and the slightly different energy with Abby this season, which is interesting because you figure we picked the season up about a minute and a half after <laughs> last season ended, right. yet I think we manifested some changes mm-hmm. and tried to show things pretty soon that all of those experiences have had an effect on Abby. And I think there's something about that moment, I agree with you, in 752, where it's almost like a flower starts to open. yeah. And the possibility of confidence in a strange way, like she presents very confidently, but I think her confidence in her own judgment was always so lacking. That for the first time she sort of has the confidence to look the way she feels inside.
1: Yes, exactly. Which is softer. And I think her yes, and I and it's affecting even the way she is. I'm making is. gestures
0: I mean. around my hair right now, <laughs> so everybody understands what I'm doing because I realized I'm gesturing. Yes. And if I'm listening to me, I'm thinking, what the hell is that nutbag doing?
1: I like it though. That but sort the of curly, circular, circular gesture yes. on your
0: hair because it's sort of it's softer, it's wavy. Yeah. There's a smokier, more vulnerable quality that when people ask me, I'm always like, you know, she actually has it had a moment where she sort of feels like what real
1: mm-hmm. emotion
0: and love can feel like and absolutely that changes and you
1: it changes you and although she may not trust her gut now still and she may really look to olivia f- as a leader and is still sorting all of that out yes it's like anybody who goes through a big change and feels feels different, whether it's good or bad, but I love playing this character. I she's know, it's never a snooze fest. She's no.
0: always... And she gets the best lines. I'm sorry. Yes. I think very often there is a scene and there's next episode, <gasps> there is literally that you guys have not seen yet, but I'm just telling you. Episode 4. Episode 4, mm, one four. of my favorite all-time Abby lines, where she's generally commenting on a case that the team is going to have to take on a little bit against their will, and there's an expression that gets used, which I now, which I'm I'm not gonna blow because it's such a good moment, which I now just use around the office. But
1: you're using it in your workplace,
0: aren't you? With I am. your work family. I am with my work family. I'm now <laughs> openly using the expression. And excellent. On a regular basis, you just shoot these things off, which absolutely and totally I think embodies how the audience is kind of feeling. And which I, is, but I You've gotta be freaking kidding me. Yeah. and, and You've got very, to
1: love those scandal writers because you could literally I feel like you could literally take a script. Just the words, and you could block out everybody's names, and you would know which one was Abby.
0: Oh, without a doubt. You,
1: you would know which one is Olivia. You'd know which one is Huck. It's just such specific writing to the characters. But yes, so true. I love playing the person who calls out the pink elephant in the room when everybody else
0: wills. The other, you know, from last season, I think the other thing that Abby is still processing in a weird way is Harrison's betrayal. Yeah. Because I never got over that. Like, weirdly, and I know how hard it was for Harrison because mm-hmm. I feel for him, too, because mm-hmm. that's a horrible position to be in, but he's trying to step up. He was—he's continues, I think, this season to try to figure out what his important role is at OPA, yeah. like how he's making his name for himself. And he's with that first episode, which is, are we gladiators or are we bitches? I mean, oh, stepping into love it. That. But I don't think the Abby-Karrison relationship's ever quite been the same, It's never been the same,
1: no. When he had to have that talk with Abby at the near the end of season two and he said you know come on Abby you know I can't remember I'm completely grossly paraphrasing can we get along or whatever and Abby says we're gladiators first and we're people second. So I don't know that they've ever gotten back to being people. That they've ever gotten back to being friends. That they are now just on gladiating mode together. I love Harrison's relationship with Olivia and how that is, it feels like it gets stronger and stronger and like he's her right-hand man in a way. And there is this weird thing of Columbus and I, like we joke about this, we talk about this a lot, how he kind of bosses Abby around a little bit or he's the one who calls the shots and he kind of tells her what to do. Although he'll hold the door open, there's definitely like a kind of a pecking order. (laughs) Yeah. And Abby has, she's resumed that pecking order, but they're gladiators. That's it. They haven't recovered from that betrayal, and Abby kind of shut him out. Like, we're not going to talk about this. We're like, I'm not upset, but I don't, I don't, I don't really believe Abby when she says, you know, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. I'm fine.
0: Oh, I don't either. Given the depth of what that relationship got to with the yeah. two of them, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think mm-hmm. weirdly, we're watching Huck and Quinn, Quinn. go through it. Huck and Baby Huck. Yes. Go Huck through and this, Baby Huck. Like, which is. Just torturous for us to watch. Yeah. I mean, and I think what you're going to find, gladiators at home, in the next few episodes, that relationship is going to continue to kind of Oof. grow and change. Um, because I can't
1: wait to see. I that. just
0: don't think you can keep Baby Huck in the corner very long. Like
1: Baby Huck wants
0: to grow. She does want to grow, she has and I think growing pains. And you know, check out Baby Huck. She's been rocking. She's been rocking some looks recently she too. She a little has. She has. I was
1: asked in a interview. It was uh, the Saks Avenue. Celebrating Fashion on Scandal, if I was wearing fishnets this year as well. And I said, No, you know, that is purely a Quinn Perkins detail. Like, Quinn is pulling out the leather. I mean, definitely black, but rocking the leather and ro- rocking these boots. and oh, these she's going, She's kind of she's gone going, going off
0: edgy. film noir y. She,
1: she really, and Abby's getting a little more feminine with the jewelry and the.
0: Abby's actually you know, accessorizing. So-
1: Right? Majorly, what the hell is that? Let I me know. tell you, there's so many accessories in my trailer that I'm. I, sometimes I have to take a nap outside. You just there's have to breathe, many. paper, just paper to bag,
0: breathe. <laughs> breathe. This whole thing. There's
1: so many choices. I'm not even kidding you about this. There's so many choices <laughs> in the morning that I've given 15 extra minutes when I get ready for work for accessory time.
0: Okay, so, so we can now I have all this other stuff, to envy. It's <laughs> not just the really cool jackets and the pants and the. And you're there's there's an episode coming up where you're rocking this jacket that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I will actually. Kidnap that jacket, and I will hold it for answer. Well,
1: now I know that if any of my accessories, my favorite accessories, are Are missing, missing, then I'll know, know which office to come to. I'm sitting
0: in my office, (laughs) happily typing on my typewriter, (laughs) staring at my new bracelet. You will probably know how I got it. Right, right. You know, I also just want to say that there is a scene in this episode that got cut out due to time. Um, It was one of Shonda's favorite scenes, too, and it was Mm. the last thing to go. I mean, it was really like one of the last things to go because we sometimes here on Scandal have longer episodes because... It's such a dense show, and there's so many different plot lines that mm. we have to write more very often than can end up in episodes that you well, guys get to see. Well, and aren't the
1: scripts also like uh, 20 pages longer scripts, than a normal? The scripts are 800 <laughs> pages long. And, and we can only really we, include 60 pages. Exactly, so there so you go. So a bunch gets left on the cutting floor.
0: So some gets left on the cutting room floor, but there's this amazing scene which I'm hoping that we can put on the DVD extras, which is a scene which is near the end of the episode where there's the runner about the two of you having a meal, you and David Rosen, and Abby walks into David's office with a unique form of sustenance in the form of a very large liquor bottle. That and she pl- calls dinner. That she calls dinner. And David basically says, great, I'll get plates. And it's one of my pulls favorite... Pulls two beautiful scotch glasses. Yes, yes, it's just, it's a great moment of this weird detente. And because I, I'm so strangely weird, fan to me, creepy about the relationship anyway, because I love the relationship, it just made me really happy. So hopefully we'll be able to show that at some point, which would be really good.
1: And I would say that that is about as normal as it gets with them.
0: Right? Yeah,
1: that's about as normal. I mean, that's pretty normal. It's not normal,
0: but it's, you know. Um, Now, once again, you guys, who are such terrific uh, listeners, have sent us in some great Twitter questions. Yay. And we know we love our Twitter because, as you guys might have seen, Josh Molina put the picture up there. Darby is taking it on herself to desperately try to teach Betsy how to tweet. (laughs) Because Betsy's tweeting skills are a little, let's say, antediluvianly sad, antiquated, (laughs) like granny can't drive a car. (laughs) No. It's basically, I've seen a lot of improvement. Thank you, and uh, you know I think we're going to do a follow-up. We should go to your
1: timeline during the, you know, the premiere episode.
0: It's, it's there was a lot of retweeting going on. You did what six tweets? That was amazing. That was very amazing. That was your record high. I think it was great, and that (laughs) actually has benefited Grey's Anatomy too, because now I can actually tweet for Grey's. (laughs) Great. So Darby and I are going to have a catch-up at some point, so we can live tweet again, so she can once again teach me for the 500th time how to (laughs) add a comment to someone else's tweet. Anna at Anna Banana 87. Um, wants to know from you, will we know a little more about Abby's past this season? Maybe more than we already know? Ooh, I hope so.
1: I don't fully know the answer to that yet. I think we might. There are inklings of it. There's something that's mentioned where you kind of go, <gasps> which of course I can't even say because we're not at that episode yet, but something sort of introduced, and I have a glimmer of hope that we might. But it's, it. you know, so far the way that all of us work on this show is we just make stuff up in our imaginations and we fill in the blanks until the story is actually written. So I've got a whole backstory going on in my head. But if there is one that comes out, it will be fun to discover what that is.
0: And I think a follow-up to that would be from Scandal Lover at Devoted to Scandal, and that's the number two. I just want to say Devoted to Scandal, which I just really love. I love that. If you could write your own flashback scene for Abby, what would it be? Oh, boy. If you had a dream flashback, what would that be?
1: You know what I think would be pretty cool? Although we've already talked about it, and so the Scandal writers are way too brilliant to actually show something that was already... That was already discussed because it's like repeating and nobody repeats anything in Scandal. But I would love to see that moment where Olivia saves Abby. Where she actually takes the right? baseball bat and, and, you know, cracks the chucklehead in the kneecaps. The guy <laughs> who's, you know, her ex-husband who's abusing her. I would love to see that. You I know, think that would be fun.
0: And I think that actually feeds into one of our questions, which was from Taylor at TV Taylor. See, Betsy, God, this is
1: the fun with Twitter. God bless like you. Like the same with the two in the name. It's the I mean, best.
0: It's, it's like TV Taylor. Will we see Abby's ex-husband this season? That would be a way to do that it, would which be would be, be super freaking that awesome. That would be amazing. Because yes. like you, I think I've always sort of wanted to see Olivia stomp in with her white hat yeah. and just clean that. That would be a way to see.
1: Go flashbacks.
0: Scandal Hooked at Scandal Hooked, which yeah, is a very I'm simple. Hooked. What's your favorite scene so far from season three?
1: I'm not really good at power ranking scenes with, with the Scandal writers because there's so <laughs> many good, complex, interesting ones. I really like, in one of the last episodes, I said, well, this episode, 303, I really particularly love the scene with Mellie and Fitz and Baby Teddy where she's trying to shove oatmeal down his throat. Oh, that's
0: hysterical. And Cyrus is,
1: you know, wants to get them off to Camp David and they're just being one hateful, dysfunctional family and he's trying to rally the troops. and there's something about that scene that really stuck with me that I really love. <laughs> you know, the presidential family at their worst. But you know what's going to happen? I'm going to walk away from this podcast and I'm going to think about like five other scenes that are my more favorite than that.
0: That will just happen. Right, so
1: that's one of many of my favorite scenes.
0: That's I think I think what you point to is interesting because it's one of those things when you realize... For different moods, you have different favorite scenes. Yes, there we go. So it's like the opening scene of the premiere episode with Joe Morton and Carrie. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's another one. I love that scene, right? I absolutely love that scene. There's a scene coming up next episode with you and David Rosen, and I'm just going to say next episode coming up, watch out. There's a dress that Darby wears in that episode that I'm just going to say, hello, gentlemen. That. By the
1: way, we borrow that dress, so you can't steal it.
0: I'm, my life is so sad. And also, just for the record, it would fit around my ankle, which would be awesome because my ankle would be the best-dressed ankle in Hollywood. But there's there's a scene which actually dresses said there's an amazing scene that comes up in that episode that I love, which is one of your that scenes. Was a fun one to shoot? Oh my yeah. God, I just love that scene that because I didn't great. really see that coming. Like it was a surprise to me, and I read the script. It's so hard. Cause Gotta tell
1: you, we borrowed that dress, and I was like, I'm not sneezing, I'm not blinking, breathing anything until this dress gets off. I just didn't want to ruin it. That was. I mean, it was so. That's. Yes.
0: You'll see. You guys will see. I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not even going to say if it's a short dress, a long dress, if it's kind of dress, pantaloons, if it's a strange mini from yeah. the '60s. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. We're not even going to say. No. Nope. Because, it could be pretty much anything. But right?
1: absolutely something Abby's never worn before.
0: Oh, and you know, it really speaks largely to the question that a lot of people have asked, and you know, we're talking about today, which is how characters grow and change yeah. and evolve over a period of time, mm-hmm. and what that really says about where their head is and how you manifest it in clothes, and mm-hmm. and look, we all do it as people. I wake up in the wrong side of bed on Monday, and ooh, nasty jeans, <laughs> crappy ass hairdo. You know,
1: I was describing, someone was asking me about playing Abby this year and how it's different, and I made the parallel to them of like driving a car, which I hadn't exactly found fifth gear yet, like it has five gears, but I hadn't gone into that gear, and the stick shift needs a little bit of work, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little rusty, it, and I haven't really found the gear. That's where a couple of these scenes this season, Abby scenes, have felt like filming because it's a kind of a new area that Abby's going into. So it's like, you know, driving a cranky little car and finding fifth gear.
0: I think that is incredibly well put, see?
1: It might help the audience a little. I think
0: it might help the audience. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cranky car finding fifth gear, and I think you found fifth gear. <laughs> I think your Now gear, let's try to
1: find reverse.
0: And, oh, God. And Don't parallel park, because then the whole, the whole thing is just, it could be a poop pile again. It could. Well, I think we also answered just scandal lover devoted to scandals question, has Abby truly forgiven Harrison? I think we sort of talked about that, too, because yeah, I don't think... No. I'm voting on that one, ladies and gentlemen. I don't don't really care what she says, because I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. And I love the way it's um, not all spelled out on Scandal. Like, things are just left hanging, and you don't know, and you wonder, and it's not just outlined perfectly. There's kind of a mystery about that. I love that about this show, that um, things continue to be complicated. And they have to continue to gladiate. They have to continue to, you know, like a dysfunctional family does. Totally. Breakfast has to, you know, we still have to eat breakfast. Even though these two aren't speaking to each other, it's that kind
0: of thing. <laughs> I know it's really, really fun to watch. One thing, Scandal Hooked at Scandal Hooked asked, which I will answer, which is they want to know if I've ever been a radio DJ or a personality, and I'm going to say the answer is definitively no. I have never been a radio DJ. My personality is questionable.
1: Yes, but are yes. you going to say what you did do?
0: Um, I used to be a comedic actress in New York, Yay! and I did. Improv comedy, and I did do a little bit of voiceover stuff, but I kind of sucked at it. So, <laughs> apparently, getting older has lowered my voice, which is good. So, I thank you very much for the question, but no. Betsy, I, I would have come to see you. But I am available for shows. any DJ work that um, anybody <laughs> <laughs> wants me to do, just as long as the songs are super old. And but I we need
1: them. to know what your rate is. I mean, it, Do you charge a lot? Are you competitive? I
0: pay you. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I will pay you to come, oh, I don't know, DJ your kid's birthday party. Wow, so, that's it's the out deal, there. guys. It's out you, you there. You can
1: contact her on Twitter.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that, Darby. She'll You'll be helping you. me tweet back to all those folks who really don't want anybody to DJ their kid's party. She
1: may not get back to you for three months, but you know,
0: <laughs> no, <exactly>. be patient. <laughs> exactly, and you may get a strangely tweeted photo that she's taken wrong, because she still doesn't understand how to work that. Our podcast next week is going to be with the astonishingly talented Joshua Molina. Um, You know him, you love him, you can't get enough of him, who plays David Rosen. And in a special treat, (laughs) in a special treat, we also have joining Josh Molina, Oliver Bokelberg, who is our DP, our director of photography. He works on every episode of Scandal, but he also is an incredibly talented director. And he directed next week's episode, which is um, appropriately called Say Hello to My Little Friend. Um, And you'll see why when you watch next week's episode. All I can say is you really, really want to watch next week's episode because there's some really, really fun stuff with David and Abby that you don't want to miss as well, and you want to check out the dress. I cannot thank you enough for doing this, Darby. You're so sweet to take time out of your day, given how busy you are and the fact that all we do is work you to the bone. We will be back next week, as you know. Check out that episode next Thursday night at 10 o'clock on ABC. And... Of course, who might want to check out Grey's Anatomy. It's also a phenomenal television program. There's some really good stuff coming up this week. That's at 9 o'clock at ABC on Thursday. I'm Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Scandal. This has been Scandal Revealed. We will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.